This is Rob Scott, and you're listening to Fundamental Shift. Okay, before we get started today, I want to post a question for you guys to answer on my blog, or feel free to email me at backtobreath.com. Uh, if you go to that website, I have a contact me link. My email is backtobreath at gmail.com. The question is, what one or two or five things could we do to change the planet for the better? And I definitely want to leave in the fact that we might do nothing. Maybe the planet is perfect as it is. But I want to pose a question. What is important to do? Is it uh, stopping wars? Is it you know energy independence? Is it uh, learning to love? Is it being happy? Is it you know being kind to your neighbor? What is the one thing that we could do to change the world? I'm interested to hear what people uh, think about that. So please... Uh, come in and post back to this blog uh, and answer that question if you can. Thanks. Uh, And now let's get the show started. Hey, everybody. Today, my talk is called What Does Paradox Have to Do With It? And what I want to get into in today's show is discussing and defining paradox and letting you guys know that actually it's not even as close to as sexy as we think it is. A lot of times paradoxes are... uh, Logical errors, they're most often false, and they're just kind of silly, but there's an important point, two important points that I want to show. One is that logic itself has a hard time defining what logic is, and uh, what paradoxes end up showing us is that language in general, and sometimes logic, uh, can't really wrap everything up into as tight a box as we would like, and that's okay, but it definitely exists and it leaves problems for explaining things and it leaves problems for language, which I've already talked about in other talks. But um, the bigger thing that I want to point out is that when we're coming at the same idea from two different states of mind, uh, I'm going to call that a paradox, whether it's actually uh, literally falling into any of the categories of paradox or not, doesn't really matter because I want to describe it as that because I think it ends up being a logical flaw or a problem with language, which is really what paradox uh, can be. And so when we're coming from a place of stillness and trying to talk about something and we're coming at it from a separate mind and trying to talk about the same thing, we're not going to meet in the middle. So that uh, leads to a paradox of language and and, uh, understanding for sure. So I'm going to try and point that out today. What does paradox have to do with it? That's today's talk. Thanks for showing up. So looking up what paradox means on uh, wikipedia.org, basically a paradox is an apparently true statement or a group of statements that leads to a contradiction or to a situation which defies intuition. Typically either the statement in question, uh, the statements in question do not really imply the contradiction, the puzzling result is not really a contradiction, or the premises themselves are not all really true or cannot all be true together. So, to give you a couple examples of a paradox, some really are as simple as just flawed logic. Uh, All horses are true uses uh, a math example, making a set of horses one horse and naming it a certain color, and then by adding a horse and removing that horse, then jumping to the conclusion that all horses are the same color. And obviously that's not true, and obviously the logic flaw there is that we didn't allow for a big enough set, et cetera, et cetera. 
that's that's a simple one that's just kind of silly. Then there are ones that are more interesting, uh, certainly to me, which really are uh, as simple as this statement is false. Um, the sentence, this statement is false, uh, is kind of a paradox because if it's true, it's false. And if it's false, it's true. And so we're seeing the split of duality there and we're using language to actually sort of play with the idea of uh, both true and false. And the existence of that, the existence that our language can do things like that is interesting to me. And uh, I don't need to go any more deeply into it than that, but to point out that paradoxes exist and that they're really often can be just plays on words, but they can also be deeper than that and show us that our language is not always going to be fully capable to capture uh, a situation deeply. Um, I also want to point out from Wikipedia what logic says. I only want to quick out, uh, excuse me, I only want to quickly point out that logic is, uh, again from Wikipedia, originally meaning the word or what is spoken. So logic in its essence comes from language and is born from language. Uh, but it then goes on to say it's come to mean thought or reason. Um, and it's most often said to be the study of criteria for the evaluation of arguments, although the exact definition of logic is a matter of controversy among philosophers. And I think it's pretty funny that logic itself is something that's really uh, pretty hard to define and uh, get to the bottom of. So I just wanted to quickly point that out that even even the philosophers of days of old and whatnot have a hard time naming logic with language. And so that will bring me uh, headstrong into my point for today's talk. So the most common paradoxes we will find in these talks anyway, the ones that I'm referencing, tend to come from different levels of experience clashing against the same thing or the idea of the same thing. Normally those two experiences come from, on one side, a mind that feels separate from the moment, and on the other side, a mind that feels at one with the moment. And if you have no concept of what being one with the moment feels like, it's simply, the beginning of it anyway, is simply when we are doing anything without critique. Uh, that's it in its simplest form, when we are actually doing and experiencing and not expecting and not thinking so much about what we're doing. And so the mind that is endlessly thinking and the mind that is only thinking is um, has a little bit harder time kind of coming to the moment and understanding it. And so those two ideas, one that is feeling separate from the moment and trying to describe it, will use logic and use language to do so. And the other person who's sort of reporting and is maybe in a conversation with, uh, with that other idea will be trying to describe something from an experiential uh, state of mind. And that paradox is very important and where a lot of people get lost. Certainly trying to learn about these ideas, we're going to get lost there. And certainly trying to debate them, we're definitely going to get lost there. So uh, I guess I'm just trying to expose in this talk that that split exists again. And I've talked about this split thousands of times at this point. Um, but we need to focus on the fact that that creates paradox, that creates a, uh, a split in language and logic where we are going to have a hard time uh, coming together. Um, the basic example of that, again, duality, we, we're going to come to good and bad, and it's an example of the good-bad dilemma. Having something that seems bad turn out to be good 
or learning something from a bad thing and finding good value in that learning, uh, then the thing that is good becomes bad and the bad thing becomes good. And those two different perspectives can be another clash or another paradox uh, that we see. And I don't mean to glaze over that too quickly, but I have a lot uh, more things that I want to talk about in today's talk. So I just want to point out the importance of, of paradox on a spiritual level or, uh, or a philosophical level. So again, what we're trying to describe here is the problem with being away from reality or uh, you know, the paradox of being away from uh, existence and having a separate feeling. Um, the normal existence of man feels separate from life. So what I'm talking about actually is abnormal. It, I'm hoping, becomes more normal, but I think uh, at this point it definitely is a rarity. It's becoming more common, but I think it's uh, something that is, uh, you know, I don't see it in everyday life in most cases as I'm sitting and walking around and judging everybody else. I don't, uh, I don't see it that much. But we definitely feel distinct and separate from other people and things. And so what I'm trying to discuss is the sense of oneness. I think that all spiritual traditions, all philosophical traditions are really based on this. In Christianity, the original sin is really about ma mankind leaving stillness to come to knowledge. We obtain the knowledge of good and evil uh, at the tree, and it's, it's man entering duality. It's man entering good and evil. Uh, in Christianity, they say that after death we go to heaven. Um, you know, is it possible that all we need to do is, is die to that separate identity, not actually our physical death, but that, that separate mindset uh, to come to a place of stillness or heaven? Uh, the dual being within us, that can die before we actually die in our physical feeling. And because there's no self in stillness, uh, the knowing person dies when we fully come to this moment. That might be the heaven that's being referenced there. So there's the oneness that's potentially being mentioned in Christianity and, uh, and that we left in the original sin, which you know is, is figuratively really interesting and uh, to some of you maybe literal as well, I don't know. But Taoism speaks of everything being the Tao, and that's, that's sort of a, a quick reference to oneness in that. Buddhism endlessly speaks of uh, stillness and oneness. And so all these great traditions um, come from an idea of oneness and man kind of falling from grace or falling away from that, and also speaking to having the ability to get back to that. And I think modern Christianity has really kind of uh, taken the idea that you have to physically die to get there. Uh, but I think a lot of Christian mystics and other um, people that may not be uh, fundamentalists for sure, that may be a little bit away from the fundamental ideas of Christianity, uh, definitely accept the idea of a Christ consciousness or, or a, one, a oneness uh, feeling there. And so all these ideas of oneness, there's a lot of religion and a lot of people on the planet that are talking about this and are, are accepting it as a, as a possibility. And yet our daily existence is walking around with this separate mindset. And so that paradox, can we live with the paradox of sometimes I'm going to be saying things that you don't agree with. Sometimes I'm going to be saying things that, uh, that don't land. And sometimes we're not going to be able to find it in logic. We're not going to be able to define it and put our finger on it because the action of definition puts us away from the experience. And so as we're trying to put our finger on it, we can't because we're really not separate from it because there really is this sense of oneness here and uh, you can find that in doing your dishes and you can find that in sweeping your floor and you can find that in just walking around and breathing and feeling the breeze outside and so that's really coming to stillness it's not, it doesn't have to be this ethereal glowing 
you know, floating experience. It can be as simple as just being where you are. And um, so what does paradox have to do with it? Paradox has a lot to do with it, and it has a lot to do with argument and logic and trying to come to uh, some semblance of learning and growth. And um, I think uh, today I, I hope I've explained and exposed paradox a little bit, and uh, I'll try and wrap it up in the next couple seconds. Today's talk is primarily about paradox and logic and getting lost in trying to describe stillness. Uh, basically, the problem with being away from the moment and the paradox that that creates. We talked about different paradoxes, and I, I gave a very uh, quick overview of what some paradoxes might be. Please uh, look them up and, and look into what paradoxes are if you're interested in it. But my point there is just that they're based on language, they're based on logic, they're based on description, and they end up being things that we have to deal with. They definitely exist. And so from a logical, scientific mindset, we're going to come to paradoxes. As we dig deeper and try and describe truth more and more closely, we're going to find places where language doesn't exist yet. We're going to find new ideas where we don't have the words to talk about it. We're going to find uh, things that contradict each other because we're talking about subtle levels of experience and different things like that. So uh, please don't pretend that this talk fully encompasses logic or paradox or spirituality or anything. This is just one little sliver uh, of my opinions about the subject, and uh, hopefully it's helpful. I hope somewhere in there I was able to describe a little bit of what being away from the moment is and a little bit of what coming to the moment is. And if I've done that at all for anybody today, uh, this will be a great success. So listen, thank you very, very much for paying attention. My website is backtobreath.com. Please check it out. Get involved. Send me comments. Send me questions. Um, I wanted to ask everybody, what do you feel would be the most important thing that humans could do to change the planet? And that certainly includes uh, leaving it alone. Do you think we need to do anything to change the planet? And if you do, uh, what might we do to change the planet? What would be uh, the one or two or five things that would be good to do to change the planet? Either leave it on my blog or if you don't want to, email me directly and uh, you can find my email on my website, backtobreath.com. Thanks so much for listening in. Be kind to yourself and everybody else. Bye-bye.